How's it going, guys? This is Emra Clementa. I'm excited to join these guys here. Welcome to the State of Republic podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Republic podcast. Today, I am actually joined back. I feel like it's been so long, man. Too long. I'm joined back by my co-host, co-founder of State of the Republic podcast, Michael. How are you doing, man? <laughs> Good, man. Good to see you. Uh, it, it has been too long. It's been a few episodes now, a couple weeks. Just been busy with the holidays and the kiddos, but got it all set up. I think we're good to go. How you been? I've been been pretty good. Keeping busy with, uh, of course, this podcast. I have other podcasts, as I, I've probably mentioned uh, at one point as well. And really enjoying this new year. And, and hopefully, you know, it, we get to get back to the stadium it's what i always hope and it's what i dream about already being out there in the stands and so i i, I hope i hope that you know we'll be able to to make it out there for a couple of matches but definitely that first match whenever it is whenever we're able to be there we're gonna be there but there's a seat with my name on it there uh, well we might be getting a, a special appearance here by our podcast mom. So just a heads up for everyone listening, for all you watching. If you randomly see uh, Sharon just appear on the screen, don't be surprised. Like <laughs> she might be making a, an appearance here, uh, which uh, will be great because she actually knows our, our guests really well. And uh, she actually does really want to be on. So hopefully, hopefully she's able to be on. Uh, but you know, we we will see as as the interview uh, goes on. So, Michael, uh, would you like to introduce here our guest tonight? Yeah, for sure. Um, so tonight we are bringing you Emra Clementa. Uh, Emra, how how you been, man? Doing all right. Doing all right, guys. How's it going? Doing well. Uh, happy to have this conversation. Uh, honored to have you on the podcast. It's a, it's a this is a big one for me. Happy to be here, man. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome. The, yeah. The, thank you, man. Again. Uh, you know, I know it's it's been it's been a while since you've been with Sacramento, but I know you have probably a lot to share. You've been with the team in like two different uh, uh, time periods, and I mean, I'm sure that it was really different being with the team uh, in, in just two different eras that you know we will remember forever in, in our history, but. I wanted to actually get, get started with you uh, currently, right, in your current situation. We know you're with the San Diego Loyal, uh, but I want to ask you, you know, there's San Diego. You had an engagement, uh, reconnecting with Warren Smith, uh, coached by arguably one of the best players in the, this country, Landon Donovan, uh, the beach in San Diego. Where do you want to start? Like, what do you want to start us with? Uh, catch us well, up on, on what you've been up to. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, probably just put it out there, but I'm actually not with San Diego anymore. Um, oh. Currently a free agent, uh, looking for teams and, and talking to a few. Um, so just uh, getting that off the bat. But uh, no, I mean, my time in San Diego was great, though. Uh, obviously, it was short-lived. Uh, you guys all know business is business, uh, and especially in the in the world of sports. Uh, the way things go and the thing, the way things are, is uh, you know a little more cutthroat. I'm sure a lot of other businesses are, but uh, my time there was great. I mean, I, I had a good time. Uh, you know, 
reuniting with Warren Smith, who I was actually sharing with Michael earlier, uh, a story with him. That was uh, quite great. Um, I could sh- I'll, I'll share it with you as well. Uh, it was good to reconnect with him. It was good to, you know, be coached by Landon, meet him, pick his brain on a lot of things. Uh, and then also just being a part of a new franchise again, which, you know, was my second time being a, a part of a, a first-year franchise, uh, the first obviously being Republic. Um, so uh, there was a lot of similarities uh, in, in the two, obviously, Warren being there and, and knowing, you know, what he did the first time and, and, and correcting the mistakes that might have occurred the first time around with the Republic. Uh, everything was run quite smoothly, um, of course. Something happened that we couldn't control, which was which was the pandemic, and that kind of shut things down and 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 kind of killed the vibe. But uh, it was great, man. I mean, San Diego is beautiful. I don't know if you guys been there or not, but uh, a great place to be. Great food, great people. All in all, it was it was spectacular. If I could have stayed there for another couple of years, I would have. But as I say in this business, a lot of things are out of your control, uh, and so. But it was good. It was good, man. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, lots of ups and downs, but I learned a lot, met a lot of people, uh, things that, you know, with this career that I chose for myself is um, I'll be able to cherish and, and, and hold on and have all these stories and and uh, things uh, to, to look back upon when I'm when I'm younger and uh, talking to, to, you know, my kids in the future and, and all that stuff and telling them stories. So uh, it was great. I, I enjoyed my time there. Short lived, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I got to say, I, I've been to San Diego before, and I, I like to share this story because I, I couldn't believe it. And this was before the Loyal came about. But this it was, I think, uh, two, three years ago uh, that I was down in San Diego for the very first time, walking in downtown, sporting my Republic jersey. I think it may have been this one or another home jersey. And someone actually complimented me, and they're like, hey, that's a really nice jersey. And so ever since then, I'm like, yeah, San Diego's a cool spot. You know, you got people who recognize really great stuff, and it was it was awesome. Well, they say they say San Diego is, I mean, I don't know if it's self-proclaimed or what, but like soccer capital of the U.S. or something like that. I, I don't know if I don't I don't know if it's those exact words, but they they say they they the youth the amount of youth soccer they have there and and just people that follow it in general is is just humongous. So. Uh, I, I'm, I, I don't doubt that they said, you know, nice Jersey and that is a good looking Jersey. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we hate to hear that, uh, the free agency thing, but just as I was doing for, uh, Villian and Roro Oakland roots, we got a defender here who is available. Um, he could play a little bit of midfield too. I've seen it personally. <laughs> Give him a call. <laughs> I appreciate it. Appreciate You're just gonna it. throw it out there, man. Um, We're agents for the roots now. Oh, I, that's that's the ongoing. I know, thing. Michael, 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 Michael is a part-time father, part-time just, podcaster, and now he's part-time. I'm uh, just taking five percent off the top. Five percent off the top. We'll call it good. I'll, I'll hop on the, the the train, catch a game. That, that's gonna be my my team away from home out there. That I love what Oakland's doing. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean they they are doing some great stuff there. So uh, I. Uh, yeah, I mean yeah. it's a it's a possibility. I, I'll say this openly: it's one of the teams that I'm definitely uh, that I'm talking to and I'm interested Not in. Not too far in going from home, to. sure. Uh, um, Fifteen twenty minutes from here, yeah. Nice. So we do pride ourselves here at Say the Republic uh, discussing <clears throat> some of the lesser known leagues, some of the academies in the area. Um, 
East Bay United, the Mustangs, before adventuring out to Europe. Um, what What is this I hear about uh, in Slovakia? You might have been playing for free for a little bit there? Yeah. Uh, well, not for free. I was just not getting paid. So yes. for free, yeah, basically. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, countries like that, you know, uh, I don't want to say run by mafia or by, by that. I don't want, you know, I don't want it to haunt me in any which way. But, uh, you know, so when I was... 17 and a half, I was, I was playing for Mustang. I was playing high school ball at the time. Uh, and an agent reached out to my dad. Um, he's uh, a Bosnian fella. Um, and so I'm, I'm obviously from Montenegro, Montenegro, Serbia, which was all part of Yugoslavia at one point with Bosnia, Slovakia, or Slovenia and all that. And so um, he reached out to my dad and I said, hey, uh, you know, I came across your son because I had a bunch of like little highlight tapes and this and that that I my dad sent out to a bunch of agents. You know, he would just go on FIFA, see all the people from our from our region, from our countries, and he would just send out videos. Right. That's awesome. And so this guy. Yeah. I mean, my dad was acting as my agent, if you will. Uh, and so he. He reached out to my dad, you know, told him, hey, I'm interested in your son. Uh would he be interested in coming out to uh, to Slovakia to to try out for this team? And so my dad asked me about it, and I, I, at the time I was winter break, so it was December of two thousand and eight. Uh, and I said, you know what? Why not? I'm not doing anything for two weeks. Let's do it. So I uh, ended up going to Slovakia. Ended up training with MSK Zilina, who uh, are a pretty big club in Slovakia. Uh, played, they've played in Champions League before, played in Europa League, you know, qualifications and all that. And so went over there, spent 10 days. Uh, after the 10 days, they said they liked me, offered me a contract. Uh, I came back to the States. Uh, and then I, um, I needed one class to finish high school, right? It was econ. Everything else I had credits for, I needed econ to finish high school. And uh, luckily, a teacher of mine uh was willing to do it via online via skype and all that stuff i got the book and i was able to complete that class uh thankfully but i packed my stuff up and i left uh january of of, of 2009 i was in Slova- uh, slovakia and settled into my apartment everything started training all of that and i didn't get paid the first month so i'm like okay something's weird didn't get paid the second month so i'm like all right something is definitely off uh so my dad, you know, calls the eight, my agent at the time and tells him, Leo, what's going on? You got to sort this out. Like, my son needs to get paid. I, I'm not going to be sending him money every month for him to be able to feed himself that thing, right? And so, uh, yeah, they said that really weird. They said that they never actually, in the Slovakian Football Federation, they never actually, the process never went through completely. So I was signed for the for Zelina without actually being signed with them, without it actually being approved and gone through approval and all that. So I was basically there just training and and thinking that, you know, I'm going to get to play on the weekends, but I didn't because I my contract wasn't really valid. So uh, two months, two and a half months of, of me not you know, getting any pay and, and not nec- not technically being signed to them, my dad flew over and told him, you know what, you guys did my son dirty, uh, you'll be hearing from us. And my dad took legal action of that. Uh, and I left. From there, I went to Germany and met up with uh, another agent that actually reached out to my dad as well. And 
kind of just went from there. Oh, yeah, that's, man, yeah, sorry for you to have to go through all that. Like, man, that, that's, that's got to be complicated to go through all that situation. But fortunately, you know, you guys uh, took action real quick. And the good thing your dad was, like, really involved with all that because, yeah, that, that must have been a, a big mess there. But Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you know about, you know, Serbian or Montenegrin parents, but they're they're crazy for their kids and uh just in general uh, i mean i don't know you guys know ivan mirkovic is uh <laughs> if you guys want to do if you guys want to do a podcast with him he's in sacramento he's available uh he, oh. you'll 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 see what what there'll be a montenegro i'm sure a, a little club telling you're not going to get paid your, your dad's dealt with worse so uh oh yeah he's like man this this is easy i'm gonna get that money (laughs) yeah yeah so i mean everything everything worked out in the end yeah yeah. uh, it was just part of the journey man i mean like i said i told you michael everything that i've kind of gone through in my career uh i just kind of take that in and and i use it as as you know storytelling or something that i could take with me and it kind of shaped me to be uh, as cheesy as it sounds the person i am but also the player i am right learning from your mistakes and from the past and all that so so the, let's go back to you know your last season uh with, with the loyal again it was their inaugural season uh you probably got a flashback back to the republic and uh, all that and whatnot can you tell us a little bit more about you know those two last matches that that they had and and the situations right that that occurred with the team and all that tell us more about what what happened during that time yeah i mean like i said it was a crazy year to begin with right uh inaugural season we were all excited first home game sold out great atmosphere all that and just for covid to hit um the shutdown and then restarting and um just everything in general. And then uh, what a way to end it, right? With those last two games, like you said, uh, games we needed to win for a potential playoff spot and then games that just kind of turn into a bigger issue that we're just dealing with, not just in, in, in football, but in sports and just in life in general, right? Uh, against LA, uh, we were playing really well. We were beating them 1-0 at the time. They knew if they lost uh, their chances of going to the playoffs and our chances of going to the playoffs were a lot higher, right? Uh, and so a little frustration came out. Uh, we we got to the point where we we were time-wasting a little bit. We were doing just little things here and there to, to you know, take up the clock. And so one of our players, one of, one of my teammates, Elijah Martin, uh, you know, ball went out of bounds. He kind of fell on top of it and, you know, kind of started cuddling it, if you will. Um the guy tried to get it from him, this, that, he wouldn't get up and, you know, throw a racial slur at him. Uh, we didn't catch on to it. I obviously didn't. I was far away from the ball, but supposedly the fourth referee heard it. The LA Galaxy coaching staff heard it. Um, and then a couple of our players heard it. At the time, and I don't blame our teammates or, or anything, you don't know how to react to those things, right? because those shouldn't be in our sport just in general shouldn't be said uh and and so there was a little shock with it but at the same time they didn't want to stop the game to to you know cause more of a problem or or whatever the case may be and so um after the game you know we we got into the we ended up tying that game uh we ended up going into the locker room and 
uh, Elijah was really frustrated because he had ended up getting a second yellow and a red um, that game and sent off. And so when we got back into the locker room, we were quite frustrated. But then we were a little happier because we saw the Republic beat, uh, I believe it was Orange County. It was that game where uh, you guys won in like the 90th minute or something, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, right, yes. And so um, we're just kind of sitting there, kind of head down, all tired, this, that. And uh, we just hear one of our <clears throat> other teammates, Elijah, say, I can't believe he said that to you. And our captain at the time, uh, Charlie Adams, heard and was like, said what? And so this whole huge uproar happened. Uh, coaches staff got involved. We ran over to their locker. We started, we confronted them. Uh, they acted as if nothing ever happened. Oh, he's, he's, you know, they started saying, oh, he's Mexican. He's from the hood. Like, that's how they greet each other, this and that. And we're like, that's not right. It doesn't matter. He doesn't know him. He can't just flat out say that to him. And especially if he said it with the hard ER, right? And so, um, it, it it was just it was just mess it was just a mess uh but you know our team san diego took uh took action accordingly and uh you know it sucks we you never try to ruin a player's career or whatever but uh you know the guy got released and uh you know i don't know if they got fined or what happened with that but literally a, a week after that we, that was on wednesday we didn't play the weekend we played the following wednesday against phoenix we're at home we're pumping them 3-0, 3-1, whatever it was, just outplaying them. You know, we're, we're arguably having one of the best games of our of our season, right? Everybody, we're just playing with confidence, uh, excitement. Uh, that game in the 72nd minute, we were supposed to hold a banner with Phoenix. We all agreed upon it before the game that says, uh, I don't know what it was word for word, but it was something to stand up against racism. So it was like, I act, I stand, something like that along those lines, right? And so we're winning 3-1. Uh, it's on the brink of halftime. And our one of my teammates, who ended up being one of my favorite guys on the team, you know, I, and I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but he might be the only open, active, uh, gay professional in all the major sports, right? Uh, and so uh, Junior Flemings and uh, whatever, if you will, Jamaican, I don't know if that's proper <laughs> – proper uh language or term or whatever called him a homosexual slur right and he said it a couple times and so colin didn't colin didn't want it to blow up colin didn't want it colin paid it no mind because colin said i've been called that before it's not something you know that that's new to me he goes i pay it no mind anymore i am who i am uh you know i'm loved by people i'm loved and respected by people i'm respected i don't care what an opponent is going to say especially out of anger but he brought that attention to the referee just to tell him right referee thought that Colin was calling the referee that. And so the ref ended up giving Colin a red card and we all swarmed him, you know, and we're like, what are you doing? That's not what happened. This is what happened. And so, uh, he took away the red from Colin, didn't give anything to junior Flemings at the time. We halftime, we end up going up there and, and Landon's like, guys, do what you guys want. It's your team. But I'm telling you right now, we'd be the biggest hypocrites if we do not walk away from this match, especially if Junior doesn't get a red card and gets sent off. He goes, in his 72nd minute, we're supposed to hold this banner that says that we're going to take action and we don't stand for this kind of crap, yet we're going to continue to play a game where something like this happened again. And so as a team, we, we came together and said, if the referee doesn't send off Junior Flemings, we're going to walk off. 
And, you know, I, I actually, I was proud. I was proud to be a, a part of the team at the time. I, I was I, I was playing, I was on the field, and I said to myself, you know what, man, to help with playoffs, you know, this is this is kind of a bigger thing. This is kind of what, what you know, society has accepted for, for a long time, and uh, it shouldn't be around, especially in sports, right? Um, I understand it's a, it's a man's game. It's of that sort and everything, but um, saying these things is, is, I mean, it's 2020, 2021, right? It's not like these things have to have to be out of our sport. Uh, I know it's never going to be out of our sport because there's just people out there that have different mindsets and all that. But at the same time, it's like, if, if you can, if you can do something, if, if I can do my part, whether it's this much or, or, or bigger than that, uh, I've done it. And we all uh, came together, walked off the field and, uh, the the amount of the amount of coverage that actually got nobody expected right i mean colin himself was like holy crap the next three four days he was he was on his phone like this just 24 7 was on good morning america i mean espn wanted to interview him just all these different venues like huge venues like reached out and he said he was just so overwhelmed with love obviously also like i said idiots out there the hate the was spewed as well but it was just it, it was just crazy and uh i've gotten so many phone calls and text messages and questions about that uh that you know people saying like hey man proud of you happy you guys did that happy you guys took a stance uh you know you guys are doing this for the greater good of the sport um like well done to you this is that and so uh like i said business business side uh, apart with what happened with me not being there anymore uh, I'm proud to say I was a part of the the inaugural year of San Diego, and uh, what we did off the field I think speaks a lot more volume than than what we could have done on the field. Certainly, yeah, I, I commend and applaud you guys for that. That's it, you put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, as far as you you showed that it's bigger than than the sport that you you're really in it for the right reasons. Yeah. I mean, you work your whole life for these opportunities for championships and to have playoff opportunities on the line. And then to take a stand like that, it, it could have been very easy to be like, yeah, well we would, but we're trying to go to the playoffs. You yeah. guys had a built in excuse. You didn't use it and you, you, you marched on. I, I applaud you guys for, I commend you for it. That was, Appreciate that was awesome. I was, I was very excited to see that. Thank you. So we actually have uh, Sharon on uh, and she's going to be here uh, connecting here in a couple of seconds. And so we'd like to welcome uh, Sharon, a podcast mom, to the podcast. Hey, 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 M. What's up, Shaz? No. How are you? <laughs> How you doing? You know, it's funny that you would call me that because I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, you guys. Uh, it's funny you would call me that because Shannon Gomez's nickname is Shaz, right? No, um, it's not. You're the original so... Shaz. <laughs> See, and that's what I put on my Venmo, the original Shaz. So if anybody Venmo's me. <laughs> love it, love it, love Anyhow, it. Anyhow, so, oh, it's so good to see you. You have no idea. I just want to pinch your cheeks. And then I'd probably end up getting my windshield wipers flipped up on my car if I did something like that to you. Um, Maybe even you know, worse now. I've got more jokes. I'm gonna... <laughs> I know you would. You probably learned a bunch more. The dollar bill across the floor, that was the best. And we're going to talk about that here in a second. So uh, 
I, I just, you know, and given your background, I'm going to kind of jump back a little bit into the, the previous question, you know, being Montenegro and, and speaking Serbian, did you ever experience, um, you know, racist or bias towards you or anything like that when, you know, in your soccer career or in your schooling? Did you ever experience anything like that? No, uh, not 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 really in, in the sport, right? Uh, I think when I first moved to the States, uh, not knowing English, obviously, um, being in, you know, ESL, uh, and, and all of that. And, and just being a foreign kid there, uh, also the way I dressed because I came from, you know, a different country and, uh, just very out of place. Obviously I got weird looks and all of that, but, uh, I never, I never shied away from who I am as a person, even now. Right. Uh, I, I know when it's time to be serious. I know when it's time to joke around. I know when, you know, I, I, I can, I can, sense those uh different times to to act accordingly but the who i am is who i am i've i'm proud of who i am but i've never personally been you know abused whether it's racially or or profiled or this or that um which you know i can say i'm thankful for and and all of that but uh as i was saying earlier with with society nowadays there's a lot of people out there that you know are targeted and are abused because of what they look like or who they are. And, and it sucks, you know, it, it's, it's terrible. Um, and especially when it happens to someone, that you know, personally or close to you, it's, it's even worse. But uh, personally, no, I've never really been, really been abused for, for, you know, what I look like or, or where I'm from. Uh, obviously joke about, you know, people always joke. So you're like Russian, right? <laughs> no, I'm not Russian. <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, those are those are a few of the uh, the the jokes that have been thrown my way. So so sticking with Montenegro, darling, because I never really heard this uh, this answer. Um, you know, being that you had a chance to play for that you did play for the Montenegro national team. You know, how did you get recognized for the national team there? And then you know, on that, what was it like your professional squad fly across the globe? You know, and follow that opportunity, which is like every player's dream to play for a national team. Yeah. So my agent at the time, right? So my agent would obviously always send, you know, my tapes or reach out to whoever the uh, the national team coach was. And um, obviously I tore my ACL soon after uh, my first cap uh, there. But, uh, you know, at the time they were just, it was, it was only friendlies. They were kind of inviting guys who who have been you know doing well and playing well for their respective clubs and me being out in the usl uh, you know considered the second division uh of america it was a lot tougher but uh i got a chance you know the 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 head coach at the time said let let's bring him out i like what i've seen you know from watching he's even watched some of the republic games live watched video this that and um you know i got called up uh impressed the first game I actually played, it wasn't an, it wasn't considered a cap. It was, excuse me, it was a charity match with the U twenty ones and the first team. They do it every year, once a year, um, and they raise a lot of money and 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 you know distribute it amongst different charities. And so uh, I played a half with the senior team, and then I played a half with the U twenty ones against the senior team because the head coach really wanted to see what I was capable of doing. And so I played forty five minutes uh at right back and then i played 45 minutes for the u21s at d mid and so 
Um, after that, you know, even some of the some of the senior players like Mirko Vucinic, who uh, I'm sure you guys uh, know about, played for Juventus, Roma, you know, legend. Uh, he came up to me and he said, hey, man, I really like how you play and the fact that you can play, you know, right back and center mid. He goes, I- I'm really impressed. And, you know, I, I kind of gained respect from those guys and that gave me more of a confidence boost. Uh, and the rest of the time I was there, was really comfortable, played well, and then made my cap against Turkey, played the last, I want to say, 15, 20 minutes in Turkey against Turkey, which was a, a great experience, you know. And so uh, ever since then, I, w- I was just on the head coach's radar Uh, As long as I was playing uh, consistently, as long as I was healthy, playing well, you know, you're going to get a call up. Uh, When you're called up to your national team, you don't have very much time together. Right. So the the cohesiveness uh, of the team is 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 the way they they do that is who's playing well. But you also call the same, let's say, 22 to 24 players. Uh, if they're healthy and they're playing well consistently, you keep calling them up because over time, you know, you get comfortable with one another. You are not training together every single day. So calling up the, the roster of 22, 24 of the same guys in, you're already familiar with one another and, and how, how you guys play. And so I was on that, uh, on that 22 to 24 man roster list, if you will, um, consistently for, for a while, actually, like I said, uh, came back, played about a week and a half or so later against uh seattle and and told my acl in the sixth minute which you know was a was a setback but um you know it i came back from that uh and i was you know thankfully called up again and continued to to get called up all throughout i want to say till about 2018 end of 2018 rather yeah you you've definitely overcome some adversity for sure uh, jumping back to San Diego real quick, I know you briefly ran over across it, but as as an American myself, um, growing up in the '90s and the 2000s, there is Landon Donovan, and then there's everybody else. Right? What's it like? I I know you didn't necessarily play the same position, but did he did he give you something you could pick up on, add to your game, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, so obviously I came to the states in uh, in '99, uh, and and so. I started following Chelsea, as I said. I started following. I was following the Bundesliga prior to that because I lived in Germany before moving to the states. Uh, and so I remember when he actually signed with Bayern Leverkusen, when he was with Leverkusen, and then he had a stint with Bayern Munich. But um, you know, just being in the states at the time, his name was obviously always thrown into conversation, and he was he was the Wonder Boy at the time, right? And so uh, as a, as a young as a young you know aspiring soccer player you're going to look at all the guys that are at the moment, you know, that are five to 10 years older than you, not too much older than you that are, are, you know, starting to make it as well. And so I started following him as well. He was, he was kind of surprised how much I actually knew about him. You know, I knew that he wore the number 23 when he was at Leverkusen and that's my favorite number. Uh, So when a funny story, when he was asking me uh, on the phone, what number do I want? uh, He was texting me. And I just sent him a picture of, uh, and I could share it. I could share it. Uh, I'll share it with you, Michael, uh, later via text. But it was of him in a Leverkusen jersey or a Leverkusen wearing the number twenty-three, and when he was really young, right? And I sent it to him, and he put, "What's this?" And I said, "Well, it's you, but 
you said, what number do I want? And I want 23. And I was like, not because of you. I was like, but that's my favorite number. I said, but I do remember you wore it when you were Leverkusen. And he was, you know, he was quite impressed and, and uh, kind of shocked that I, I, I knew what number he wore and all that stuff. But uh, just being around him, you know, just being around that presence, uh, his way of thinking, you know, he, he first, first meeting, he told us uh, a quote that he kind of lives by and, and not just throughout his soccer career, footballing career, but throughout just life in general. He said, uh, what was it? Everything you do, uh, how you, how you do, or something about along the lines of everything you do is how you do it or something, you know, in the sense of everything you do reflects directly back to you, how you do it reflects directly back to you and your team. And so, uh, we lived, you know, he lived by the, the, that, and, and by the concept of, you know, uh, be respectful, be mindful, um, you know, be a good person. And he said, if, if you can't be those things, you, you're not for San Diego. And he goes, uh, the people that we've chosen to be on this team are not only great footballers, but also great people. He's like, don't think we haven't done our research and asked people about who you are as a person or look through your social media or things of that sort, right? Uh, on the field, though, uh, you can still see he's got that magic. You know, he would hop in for some 5v2 once in a while. Uh, you know, people would test them, would kick the ball up in there and say, LD, how's your touch? And he would just bring it down, you know, and all that and just look at you, wink and walk away. And so you could just tell, you know. Uh, he would also do some running and some sprints after the game and, or after practice with the coaches, or he would jump in and do some sprints with some of the guys. And I mean, he's still fast as hell, uh, got that perfect running form. So, uh, it was good, man. And, uh, like, like you said, yeah, we don't play the same position, but I picked up on a lot of little tendencies. You know, he, he's always, he he always worked with the forwards. He would always stop and he would work directly with the forwards and he would use me as, uh, you know, not a dummy, but he would use me as a defender to show player to show forwards how to check wow. the ball, how to hold up this, that. And so I have a pretty cool photo of where he's showing one of uh, our forwards how to hold the ball up or, or how to, you know, go about his first touch. And I'm the one guarding him. And so uh, I think it's a photo. It's a very cool photo that uh, I'm, I'm very happy to, was captured. But um, it was great, man. Uh, he He's obviously new to coaching, so he kind of took the backseat in a sense, and let the assistant coach, Nate Miller, uh, do all the coaching and, and preparing and all that. But uh, he definitely, definitely, definitely uh, interrupted training sessions a bunch and, and you know, spoke to us, spoke to the forwards, the attacking players mainly. Uh, and, and I think towards the end, he, he really got through to them and we were clicking on all cylinders, scoring goals and, and having fun. But uh, he was great to be around, just picking his brain, uh, talking about, you know, your favorite moment when you were a player, you know, where did you enjoy it the most? Just, just asking him questions that you don't, you know, you don't know if you're going to ever be able to ask someone of his, of his, uh, you know, status, if you will. So it was, uh, it was good. I'll, uh, I'm definitely happy with that. And, uh, you know, we became, we became as close as a, as a player manager could become. We, you know, we've chatted about life in general, uh, He's such a cool guy, very calming voice, doesn't really uh, get mad very much when he talks to you. It, it's very soothing, if you will. It's he, He's just a good guy, honestly. Uh, didn't know what to expect, but, uh, you know, you get nervous in the beginning talking to him because you're like, oh, man, this guy is a soccer legend, U.S. soccer legend. But quickly you realize he's just a normal person like everybody else is and, and you just have great combos.
You know, it's so sweet to hear you talk about Landon Donovan that way and how, you know, he would even get on the turf and play with you guys. One thing I remember about him, and then I'll ask you another question because you have a way with managers, um, is he was like one of the few players that I ever saw when he was playing for the Earthquakes years ago in the early 2000s. He would pass the ball to himself because he was that fast. I mean, literally would just like he'd, he'd get it past a player and shoot it. And it was like he just ran onto his own pass. So anyhow, yeah. crazy. And I'm sure he still does that. That was one of his signature moves. Um, I mean, he's so he's so he's so rapid. It's just it was he has unfair, good, especially when he was younger. Yeah, well, he's good foot turnover. You know, yeah. he he turns over quickly, and and that was one of his claim to fames. So I'm actually going to take you all the way back to like 2014, almost 2013, but 2014. You know, you did have a way with managers. You really are not shy, and it never shows that you lack confidence. Um, how was it having Yvonne, Nemanja, and yourself to hang with Preki? Did that kind of help the Serbian connection? Do you think, it, you know, in the early days of 2014, kind of build a little bit of that that base? Yeah. I mean, obviously, of course, it's always nice to, you know, be around people from, from, from your country, especially, uh, you know, same culture, same uh, – same jokes, if you know, same jokes, same like mentality, way of thinking, things of that sort. You know, obviously at home uh, with my parents, I I speak Serbian uh, more often than I do English. You know, and uh, I talk to family back home quite a lot as well. And so having those guys around, uh, you know, they were they were my brothers. You know, we we always hung out together. Um, you know, obviously Nemanja, even Ivan. You know, they didn't have a car at the time. Ivan and I lived together in 2014 in the house, as you know, Sharon. And so uh, we spent every single day together. I mean, I saw this guy more than I saw my parents. You know, for the 2014 years. So uh, we became really close. We, you know, like brothers, as I said. Nemanja as well came in. He had a family, a uh, wife, and, and and a daughter. But uh, whenever he needed anything, uh, you know, whether it was a ride to to the grocery store or help with. Uh, translating anything, whatever the case may be, I, I was I was open to do that, and, and I know you helped a lot as well. Um, but it was a lot easier because I spoke the language; I, I, I could you know translate things to them. And so uh, I think it definitely did help. I mean, we we created a bond off the field that you know it it kind of showed on the field. But we were also both we were all three alike, but also very different, right? So I, I, I've been in, in the States a lot longer than they have. So my mentality has changed a little bit to where my thinking is more so uh, geared towards the way Americans, if you will, think or, or whatever the society and culture out here is, right? For them, it's a little different. You know, uh, Nemanja was FOB, fresh off the boat. Uh, so his, his way of thinking was definitely the way people in Montenegro think. So it was, it was kind of funny to see the way he went about certain things. I'm like, no, you can't do that. You can't say that. He's like, why not? Who cares? It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's like, no, yes, it is. Here it is. You know? And, and Ivan would, would be kind of the you know, not as, not as, you know, Americanized, uh, for lack of better terms as I was, but he wasn't as fresh off the boat as Nemanja was. So he was kind of in the middle and he was the one that, that, kept us together um at times especially when you know frustrations and and all that uh, arose but uh yeah and then you add Preki to the bunch uh he he was definitely a manager where he would speak to you in in Serbian right 
especially when he was not when he was not happy with how you performed or with what you did at training sessions. So he would he would say it in English as well, but he would more so say it in Serbian for us to to really know that he's pissed off. Because when he said something in English, you'd be like, "Dang, he's mad," but when he said it in Serbian, you'd be like, "Damn, he is, he's." really mad right and so then you're like shit okay i gotta i gotta tomorrow I practice i gotta really be tuned in you know and so uh it definitely helped uh but there was no bias in that. like he wasn't he wasn't like okay these guys are from from my region like i gotta take care of these guys you know uh there was times where i mean the maya got pulled off in the freaking 65th minute for not playing well as a center back right uh there's times where ivan you know got red cards because he was infamous for those uh you know got red cards and and he would drill into him and he wouldn't when he came back he wouldn't play there's been times that you know yourself shaz uh luis and michael i i don't know if you guys know or i'm sure you guys followed uh sack since then but since 2014 but there's times where you know he'd call me out and say you're not playing this weekend you played like shit and training and uh, then, you know, I wouldn't play the next couple of games because whoever came in at right back for me played well. And so, uh, you know, dude, but- that was going to be one of my follow up questions with you just in a little bit, because I was going to talk about that game at Hughes Stadium where you hung your head because you weren't starting and everybody was like, what happened with Emra? What happened with Emra? And it was yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing with that is it's it's that happened at Hughes stadium and and it was, you know, in front of 20,000 people and I wasn't playing. And I said, man, this sucks. My family, my family was there. My friends were there. You know, it's the first game or first or second game. I forgot which one it was. OC blues one, I think second. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, I think I deserved it, but I didn't realize it then in the moment that he did that on purpose. And this is what's brilliant about Preki is he plays these mind games that, not to mess you up or to screw you over to to make you think that you're a bad player, this or that, but to make you like that much hungrier and, and work that much harder to when he actually puts you in, it's easy. And I, I tell everybody up to this date, I've never had harder training sessions than with Preki. And it, it's not that we did a lot of running. It's just that it was, he never went above an hour and a half, 90 minutes, but it was 90 minutes from one drill to the next, yeah, get a sip of water, from one drill to the next, and it was high intensity, go, 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 to where come Saturday, Sunday, whenever you played, the games were easy. You weren't really tired. You weren't really tired after doing a couple sprints or, or whatever, you know, and, and that's why 2014 was such a good year. I mean, with, with the ball bouncing our way at times, us getting lucky, if you will, but I, I, I like to think we created our own luck. We were just freaking, we were just, I mean, we won it, you know, and it was it was all due to to everybody buying in what Preki had to to say and and how he, you know, the games he played with you uh, personally as a team and all that stuff and what he said. Uh, it just everybody got on board with it and and we just we just went to the freaking we went all the way. So um, no, the the Serbian Montenegrin connection was definitely there. Uh, very thankful that I was, you know able to meet those guys and we still stay in touch. We're still really good friends. Uh, you know, we all want to see one another prosper and, and succeed in whatever uh, we do. And so I'm the only one that's still playing at the moment. So every time, you know, I don't respond to their text messages, uh, whether that's cause I'm sleeping for a game or this or that, or I'm with my girlfriend. I always, Ivan always bombards me with 
hey, come on, man. We know that you're still, you know, playing and, and, but don't forget about us little people, you know, things of that sort. I'm just like, come on, man. But, uh, that's, that's Ivan for you. He's, uh, you know, he liked to joke around as well. Man, we got to get the two of you on for the, for Jeopardy. I, I swear to goodness, if we can, if, if, <laughs> that would be great. We got to we got to do this. I don't know if the guys told you about the Jeopardy early on, but you would be great. You guys You might so have to fun. let you might have to let Ivan use his phone, but give him like a 25 second time limit to find the answer cuz he won't know shit. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, so, so you're you're telling us that it seems like it's going to be a billion versus Emra then in the next Jeopardy, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, what are the topics? Because billion is a little billion is a nerd, so he knows a lot of dude. It's all, it's all everything. It's like all Sacramento. I I pretty much designed the question so I could make oh, it so. so. It's not like it's not like it's not like trivia like about I don't know geography like or yeah. <laughs> well, geography I'm quite good at, but if if it's all Republic or Sacramento stuff. Okay, I'm in. I'm good. Or, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. Basic soccer stuff. We'll figure it out. I was gonna say you're gonna throw in some Star Wars and things of that sort in there. There's no chance I have. Uh, I have any chance against Villian. That guy's gonna win, <laughs> hands down. Wait, you know the the last game. One of the categories was James Kiffy. That one I might win because I uh, I hung out with James almost every single day. Not by choice most of the time either. So let me ask you this: favorite coffee hangout. Do you remember his favorite coffee hangout? Kiffy's? Yeah. I don't know. I know I know his favorite bar was Shady Lady. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. He would after every single game, you could find him there. Favorite coffee spot though? Pete's? Pete's. Pete's. Yeah. 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 Okay. Pete's. And then that nothing bunt cake right next door to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Luis take over here. He has a question. Well, that's uh i mean that's, that's a good combination right you get your coffee you get your cake yeah yeah it, it works out uh so going back to to Preki, I, I know uh basketball is pretty big in montenegro did you guys ever play basketball together ever have a match or was he just solely focused on just uh are you are, you're you definitely have heard something you're just trying to throw me under the bus huh sharon tells us stuff yeah that oh we may have heard God. of it so she's we got eyes to, uh, in the back of her head, man. We went to those all. We went to uh, what's that gym downtown? Capital? What is? Yeah, Capital City. Cap. Right? Yeah, Sharon's shaking her head. Yeah, that yeah, gym, it's right? Capital yeah. Athletic Club. Yeah, that one. We went. We went. So we went there. Uh, I don't know why he decided to not go uh, train. I think he wanted to give us like a active recovery day type thing so he said instead of you know not doing anything or just jogging around or stretching we're gonna go some of you can play basketball you can play racquetball you know swimming if you want to do some weights some stuff like that you could so we get in there and Preki's talked himself up that he's a really good basketball player right he's a good shooter this that he's a lefty all of that the next like, lot okay. I wouldn't go as far as that so <laughs> we get we get to the gym right uh, we get to the basketball court, you know, we're warming up or whatever, and then everybody can go do what they want to do. Uh, he has the basketball and we're all like, let's see it. Let's see it. He's on the side shooting a three and we're all like, he's dribbling, you know, he, he's like dribbling and we're like, Oh, you know, he can handle the ball somewhat. Like who knows? He could actually be decent. This guy pulls up and this is his shot like this. 
like right this. He shoots, it, hits the side of the backboard, and just comes straight back to him. And we just all start laughing, like, "What was that? We thought you were good." And he's like, "Oh, come on, I'm not warmed up yet." And we're like, "Okay, we'll let you warm up." Uh, it was it was quite funny. To this day, there's people that just absolutely gas him for it and and just can't believe that he was saying he's super good at basketball he plays all the time and then his first shot he takes in front of all of us is the biggest brick i've ever seen in my life uh and so um basketball is huge yes uh did we ever play as a team or whatever i think there was one time when we went to uh orange county um it was we got in like really late it was just a messed up i don't even know what it was Instead of, you know, putting our boots on and, and training, we there was basketball courts right there, and we just kind of played, uh, I don't know, it was a mess. It was like 6v6 or something like that, 7v7. It was, it was the whole team. Some guys decided not to play, but we were playing, and uh, we had a couple English guys and Irish guys, Tommy Stewart at the time, who don't know what travel or du- double dribble is. So it was hold the ball like this and just sprint and then try to make a layup. So uh that was as far as uh our basketball playing uh went but uh no we all Preki and i we quite often talked about basketball we went to king's games all the time as well uh the club was able to to hook hook us up with some tickets and we also went as a as a team quite quite often as well right jazz so um yeah that's uh as far as uh basketball goes with with the republic squad or with with me and Preki or anybody. I did play in uh, seventh and eighth grade, though. I will say that I was on a B team. Don't judge me, uh, but I played. You know, I played. I played. Uh, I played soccer. I played two years up every year. So I played with uh, my cousin, who's uh, eighty nine, and I'm a ninety one. And so it was just a lot easier for us to get the training sessions and this and that. So when he was in high school, uh, when he was a freshman in high school, they played high school soccer. Uh, and when I was in middle school, we didn't have soccer. We only had a basketball team. So I said, you know what? I'll play basketball. And I was honestly the guy that would just hustle and get rebounds and steals and annoy the other players. And then I would hit a three or, or whatever once in a while. Or if I'm open under the court, I, I, you know, miraculously hit a, hit a layup. Uh, and so, uh, they just, they just knew me as the guy who would just, defensively lock someone down and, and just run around because I had that soccer uh, stamina and fitness. But um, I love basketball. It's, uh, it's probably one of my favorite sports to watch. Um, but Wait, Golden State Warriors? Wait, wait, wait. Golden State Warriors what? Huh? What do you mean what? Huh? Right? There you go. I, mean, I respect the Kings. I respect the Gross. Kings. I respect Michael. I respect the Kings. Uh you know, with Peja being on a team, Vlade Diva being on a team, you know, back when I was younger, Chris Weber was one of my favorite players. Um, so I have a lot of respect for the Kings, but, uh, you know, you guys kind of suck. Vlade, Peja, oh man, isn't that like sacrilege? You can't say that. I mean, now you guys do. Uh, Vlade could run for president right now and probably win. Who? Vlade Diva. President I mean, of, of Serbia, maybe. Of Serbia. <laughs> I mean, you can't say stuff like that, man. That's... I don't know. It's very corrupt out there. <laughs> I don't know if he'd win. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> we won't get into politics on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but going back to uh, soccer, that is, you quickly became a, a fan favorite with the Republic. I would, I'd say, did, did, did you ever see it going that way for you? What, what were you expecting when you signed with the Republic? 
Honestly, I mean, you guys know my story. I went from an open tryout to the invite tryout to getting a contract. Um, I never played right back in my life. I was always a uh, a six or a ten or an eight. You know, I always played in the uh, in the midfield. And so, uh, one of the uh, one of the tri- one of the tryouts, you know, they needed a right back, and I was like, you know what, man, I just want to make the team. I don't care, you know, where. And so, Preki was like, anybody play right back? I raised I my hand up like an idiot and he believed me put me in there and I did quite well I was like I'm just gonna channel my you know inner Donny Alves at the moment and I was just bombing forward crossing the balls in cutting in shooting scoring all that stuff and they're like him and Graham Smith like you ever played right back before I was like never in my my, my life they're like you know what that's a new position if you want to play with the Republic we're gonna only sign you as a uh, as a right back so sure why not uh but did I think I was going to become a fan favorite or did I think, you know, things were going to go as, as, as planned? Uh, no. Uh, did I always believe in my, in my abilities as a player and all that stuff? Uh, I'm a very, you know, like Sharon said, I'm not, I'm not shy. I, I love to talk. I love to meet people. Uh, you know, I was always, you know, you guys, the fans, um, they, oh, they came to the games. They, you know, spent their own money to come to the games to watch us play. So, and the quicker you realize, like, you know, yeah, it's second division in the States or whatever, but you are a pro, you know, you, this is your livelihood. You are paid to play. Um, the quicker you realize that and the quicker you realize, you know, these people on Saturday nights could be wherever else, but they decided to be here. You know, I always took time after games to to take pictures with people, to sign autographs, to chat with kids, all that stuff. And that's because I never got that experience myself when I was younger. Right. Just moving around a lot and going to Bundesliga games when I was younger, you couldn't really go down and meet the players and get autographs or this or that, right? You could outside of the uh, training grounds and wait like everybody does, but it's hit or miss if you meet one or not, right? And so for me, I was like, you know what? These kids are so excited. They they look up to us. The least I can do is is take 10, 15, 20 minutes to, you know relax a little bit, sign autographs, say hi to people, take pictures, conversate a little bit. Um, and so I, I kind of thought that just came along with, with being a professional athlete, you know, uh, and especially with, with the love I received from, from Sacramento, from, you know, the club, the fans, um, all of that. I said, man, you know, this, this is awesome. This is, at the time, I didn't realize how big and how great it was because that was my first club in the States that I've played for, right? Uh, I've played for now, what, Galaxy, Reno, San Diego. Um, and and I can honestly say that uh, from 2014, I can't speak about it now because I don't know, but from 2014 to 2017, 18, uh, it was just, it, we were all a family. Fans, uh, the team, everybody was just, I mean, it's like, there was people I felt like I knew personally for a long time, right? I mean, there's people that I made friends with that I've have phone numbers in my phone book that I've, you know, coached their kids or I've gone to their houses and had meals with their families and, and just became friends outside of the thing. And, you know, they see me, they don't see me. And I hope they don't see me anymore as, Oh, Emra Clementa, the, the professional soccer player or, or, you know, Emra Clementa, Sac Republic's right back or center back or whatever, but they see me as Emra Clementa, our friend or Emra Clementa, someone that, that we know, you know, personally. And so, um, 
obviously I, I was very happy to to have made all these connections and to be considered a fan favorite. And, uh, you know, a couple of years back, they did that, you know, best 11 of Sac Republic. And I was a part of that. And I'm very happy for that and grateful. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody knows I've said it in the past, but every time I've gone out on the field, I've given my all, whether I played like crap or not, uh, I would hustle, I would run, I would tackle, I would do everything I could. And, and uh, you know, there was times where we won and things were great. There was times where we lost, things weren't great. But at the end of the day, I mean, everybody stuck through it. And, and that's what I love about it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't no, after a game, you'd go in the comments and you'd see people saying, Oh, number 23 was terrible. He's the worst, this, this, and that, you know, it was like, it's all right, guys, you got him next time, you know? And, and to a certain extent, you, you love that, you know? And, and Michael, I mean, you're a Liverpool fan in Liverpool, you play bad one game, your death threats and all of that. Right. And so uh, that, that is, is normal in Europe, you know, over here, it's normal, you know, with LA galaxy where I was and things of that sort have occurred. But, uh, I just loved how Sacramento was and Sac Republic was just like a family it was tight knit. And, uh, that made it easier for me to, to one, enjoy my time there, play there and, and be able to, to, I was so comfortable and so happy where I was that it, it was a direct correlation to how I performed on the field. Uh, and, and it helped me, you know, get the results and, and helped me get this claim of a, you know, a fan favorite. Yeah. I think it's, it's awesome. Right. I think it's something that distinguishes the city of Sacramento because we see it with the Kings too, right? We were just talking about it right now. Like they, they don't do as good, but yet the people are always there supporting them. And right. it's, really cool and and you know i know without a doubt when we join mls it, it's going to be the same way and and it's good because it, it takes off that pressure from the players to you know make sure that that like you do good but above all i think as a fan and michael and sharon could probably agree to this too that like all we ask is is for the team to really give it their all uh like you said to be out there hustling just like you were always uh we always want players like that and I think we've been pretty lucky in Sacramento that they've always had a good eye for making sure that they have players that are really going to give it their all and, and they're going to make sure that, you know, we, if we lose, we at least lose, you know, trying to win. And that's, that's all you can really ask for. Right. And I mean, I think like you said, Sacramento in general, right. I mean, you ask a lot of Europeans, what's the capital of California? I guarantee you 90% of them would not say Sacramento and maybe even more. Yeah, LA, San Francisco, I don't know, right? So the fact that, you know, Sacramento is already kind of like an underdog in California, just as a city itself, uh, I think. And and then obviously with sports, you know, uh, Sacramento had that great run in the early 2000s. Uh, and then as of recent, you know, it's just been an uphill battle. Uh, I think, I mean, that's great. You know, it's, it's like when they do, when it, when they do make it and all that, it'll be that much more special. And I think with the Republic, it was the same thing, you know, and, and the fact that we were able to achieve something great the first year, nobody, nobody, I, I don't think anybody could have guessed that, you know, uh, and the fact that that happened the first year uh, with the team we had and, and, and the way we played, it was, a, it was one attractive, attractive footy. Uh, I, I can say that that was probably the most fun I've had playing as well. Uh, but it was with Preki, especially, as I said earlier, you need to work your ass off every single minute that you're out on the field. And Graham Smith, there is one saying that I that I've lived by ever since Graham 
Smith told me this, and uh, I'm not going to curse on the podcast, but he said, when you cross that white line, you have to be a mother, right? And so mm-hmm. ever since then, like he said, you have no friends on the field. He's like, it, it doesn't matter if your best friends off the field. He goes, if you're on the field, he's like, you, you, you can't have best friends. You have to just want to win. And that's it. That's all that matters. You have to be a mother. And that kind of stuck with me, stuck with a lot of other people. And uh, I mean, it worked out for us. Like I said, a lot of, a lot of things went our way, but soccer gods were with us. But at the same time, I think that, we have to to give uh, you know the, the coaching staff, the people behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the front office, a whole lot of credit, as well as you know us players who were on the field, uh, who didn't really have to worry about all the other stuff that you know everybody else had to to worry for us. Yeah, no, that that is always definitely a a good thing to have and a key to success for for any team. So Sharon actually gave us a little bit of insights and let us know that you were actually a little bit of a prankster right when you're with the team and so you know I thought why not Let, let's talk a little bit more about what that locker room was like and and also you know just the, those away trips and all that do you have any like moments that can make us laugh make the audience laugh that you you went through during your time with uh, Volk yeah uh I mean obviously you know uh building a camaraderie around with 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 your with your teammates and uh, you know, if you're close with one another off the field, on the field, you know, you'll, you'll be able to see it. Right. So, uh, I would always prank people, especially Sharon, um, whether she pissed me off or not. Uh, I would always put her windshield wipers up and close her side mirrors down. Uh, especially, especially the, uh, the passenger side one, cause she couldn't reach it when she drove. And I would get a uh, sometimes a pretty funny text, sometimes a pretty nasty text. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I like to keep it light. You know, I would hide people's shoes. I would tie people's shoes together or I would take the laces from their shoes. And you know how it would be laced up from from bottom to top. I would lace it from bottom to from top to bottom. Um, I would. Uh, That's brutal. <laughs> I would in their in their little like water bottle things they would think it's water but it's like soap water or something like that um just you know a lot of different things on the road you would uh, when baggage you'd be at baggage claim you would take someone's bag and hide it and just have them freak out and you would get on the bus they would think that it's that it's lost or whatever they would just be down in the shitter and then you'd be like hey man here you go and so just things of that sort. Uh, Sharon mentioned the dollar bill one. I, I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram or not, but I posted it uh, a week or two ago or something. But this was actually Wilson Nishaw's, or no, Tyler Blackwell's idea. That guy is one of the most clever guys you'll ever meet. So he had a clear string, right, that, I don't know, he got at the dollar store or whatever. He brought it with him. Hole punched the corner of a dollar bill and tied the string to it and then put it in the middle of the walkway in airport and when people would <laughs> walk by they'd be like oh crap dollar as soon as they would try to go reach down to grab it they would yank the dollar <laughs> and so be like oh crap you know and some of the reactions we got were hilarious you know some people were actually quite pissed off some of them took it well some were like ah oh, pranksters uh so i have videos of that um i could send over as well uh to michael and, and you guys could share it with one another but uh, that, uh, away trips, you know, Gabe Gissy, uh, didn't know how to swim. 
so I would tell him I would teach him how to swim and I'd be holding him and just let go. Of him. And he would start panicking, thinking that he would drown, not knowing that he's at, you know, three feet. He could just stand up and he'd be fine. So, <laughs> um, just things of that sort. I mean, nothing, nothing too brutal to, to lose friends, you know, but just something to, to keep things light, to make people laugh. To, to make people forget that, you know, we have a big game or that, uh, you know, we just lost the game or something like that. There was definitely some guys, you know, after losing the game, they would take it so personal. Ivan being one of them. I can say this person. I can say this openly. I know he won't get mad, but he was one of the guys that took losing so to heart that I respected him for it because it was like the next day what he would do is. He would watch, not even the next day, that same night till 2, 3 a.m. He would watch video. He would write down the times where he would mess up. He would write down the times where other guys would, you know, do stuff that we didn't, that we said we would work on, but we didn't do on all that stuff. And, you know, he was, he was one of those guys that he just, he was just crazy about just football in general, soccer in general. And so uh, I would always try to joke with him, you know, prank him or do something to keep it light. There was times where he took it very well, times where he didn't. So there was one of those guys where he like hit or miss. But everybody else, for the most part, they 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 took it quite uh they took it quite well. And uh, you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't I, I don't think I'd claim the uh prankster title, even though I was probably top two there. But there was I think Tyler was one of the one of the big pranksters when when we were there together. I think twenty fourteen it was definitely me. And I think when Tyler came on board, it was Tyler. Uh, the English guys, they had they had their own banter, which a lot of people did not understand and a lot of people did not like. But for me, for me, weird. for me, the funniest thing ever. I, I loved it. I, I, and, and so, um, but I speaking of pranking and all that stuff, the person that's the biggest prankster I've ever met in my life in the world of, of football, soccer, and he may, he might not be the uh, most fond person to Republic and Republic fans. Corey Herzog, this guy is on the next level of pranking and joking around. Uh, he told me in St. Louis once he uh, he brought donuts in for everyone. He used to do that quite often, bringing donuts or you know other things like that. And he said one day he was he was just he's like I was just in a giddy mood, just happy this that. I think it was after a win, blah blah blah. He went and bought a bunch of uh, cream-filled donuts. <laughs> he he uh, sucked out the cream or got the cream out and filled a couple up with sour cream <laughs> and a couple up with shaving cream <laughs> and brought them in and then filmed people as they bit into them and to see their reactions. And he said there was a couple guys that gagged, almost threw up donuts were flying at him things of that sort but i thought that was pretty clever and just and and fantastic so that is so uh, next level that is that, so next that's that borderline that's, that's something that i would never think of doing but this this that's how this guy works he's 30 years old has two kids but he's he's a 30 year old living in a in a 12 year old body or 12 year olds uh sorry mine but that it, it was when he told me that I, I could not stop laughing and so he brought in donuts once and uh, luckily, none of them were the cream-filled ones. They were all normal ones. And I was like, okay, whatever. But, uh, but yeah. Well, well n- nicely played by him, right? Sometimes they were normal donuts, and other times they were the cream-filled ones. And, yeah, that, yeah damn, that sucks. 
So, so speaking of somebody that you probably never, ever pranked because of the way you guys had a rapport, maybe you did, Katie Norton, you two developed like this incredible relationship because yeah. of your ACL situation. You right. know, tell me what she means to you. Uh, you know, Katie Norton, We, if you ever got close enough to the club to know what she meant to the club being, you know, the doctor of physical therapy and um, she, it's just... What would you? What advice would you give to a player going through an, you know, an ACL or a serious or season injury, season-ending injury, knowing the experience that you had, you know, like with Katie and doing the rehab and all that other stuff? What would you say to, uh, you know, somebody or just run that by us? Well, I mean, first and foremost, Katie is arguably the 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 kindest, sweetest person anybody could ever meet. Right? She's got just this aura about her. That you know, like, like a mother figure, sis, older sister, you know, type thing. Uh, obviously, we became really close um, early on. I mean, I was invited to her wedding, uh, twenty fourteen, right, end of twenty fourteen year, because um, you know I would always I would joke around with her. I would you know genuinely wanted to get to know her and 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 who she is. I mean, she helped us out a lot. She was around us a lot. You know, she sacrificed a lot of her time to be there on the weekends as well. Uh, to help us out. And whenever you were injured, she would take care of you and get you on the field literally in no time. Right. So uh, to me, you know, my girlfriend doesn't like me having a uh, girlfriends. Uh, and so she, uh, she made it, she, she gave me a, an approval with Katie. Uh, but no, Katie is, is arguably one of my, one of my really best, best girlfriends that, that I, I have, or I have had, um, she, we still stay in touch to this day. We talk all the time. Uh, I go to work out at results um, all the time still. I see her. Uh, but she's just the nicest, most caring person ever. Uh, as far as injury, my ACL injury goes, uh, we spend a lot of time. I mean, like I said, even Saturday, she would devote a couple hours to, to helping me rehab to get me back as soon as possible and, and as healthy as possible. And so, uh, honestly, I owe that 20 half of 2016 and beginning of 2017 before I came back, I owe, I owe it all to her. Uh, if it wasn't for her pushing me, you know, at times when I, I had no will or desire to work out or, or train or I was like, man, this is shit, you know, to when times got rough, she was the one that would talk me through it. She was the one that helped me out. So without her, it me coming back and playing, being able to play at the level I, I played at again, and, and be even stronger and faster and, and more mobile and everything. Uh, it's just, I mean, like I said, I, I owe it all to her and uh, someone that I'm going to stay in touch with for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, like I said, she was like a older sister to me type thing. Um, but as far as, as far as season ending injuries go as rough as they are, as, as, you know, crappy as they are and, and all of that, you just, it's just all part of the plan, right? I mean, there's things you can control, things that are in, in, in your uh, control. And then there's things that you, you just can't control, right? Me getting injured, I couldn't control that. It just happened. It was a freak accident. Um, and the faster you realize that, the faster and sooner you realize that there's nothing you can do with what happened. You can't go back and, and, and re, or, redo that play or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, and the sooner you realize, you know what, it's going to be a long 
seven, eight months to a year, whatever it is, the faster you realize that, the easier it is for you mentally, right? There's going to be patches where it's going to be tough, where you don't want to wake up. You don't want, not, not you don't want to wake up. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to do anything. You're sore, your knees hurting or your ankle or whatever the, whatever your injury is. Um, but if you surround yourself with, with the positive people, and if you make, make a goal and, and just tell yourself, you know what, my goal is to come back to play at this level again, to prove to everyone that, you know, I can still do it to prove to yourself ultimately, because for me at that time, it wasn't to prove to other people that, Hey, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be the same player. It was to prove to me that I can do it. And not just that, but I can come back and be even a bit, even a better player. I came back and I play, I, I started playing a whole different position, started playing center back because they were too worried about me being in too many one-on-one encounters and me re-injuring myself. Right. So Paul Buckle put me a center back position. I've never played before. And I mean, it turned out great because I've been a center back the last couple of years and I can say I can play right back. I can play center back, you know, um, but it just, you know, you just have to, you just have to say, I got injured. Life is the way it is. It's how I'm going to move on. It's how I'm going to tackle this next thing. Just like I'm sure all athletes, everybody, not just even athletes. I mean, everybody, right? You have personal problems, family problems, job problems, this and that. The way you tackle those problems, the way you go about those problems, um, and the sooner you realize, hey, this is what I can do about it, this is what I can't do about it, the more at peace you will be with it, right? And so um, that's helped me not just with with injuries and, and with, with, with football or soccer, but with just life in general. And so uh, injuries are tough, man. If injuries never happened, we'd have we'd have some, uh, some athletes uh, from the past that, you know, could be – labeled the greatest of all time right i mean ronaldo uh fat ronaldo uh brazilian <laughs> ronaldo i mean if he never got injured who knows what would have happened right if if hell i mean there's so many other there's so many other i mean there's so many other athletes right if, if they never got injured what would have happened type thing so um injuries are tough but it definitely uh shows the mentality of, of 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 the player and the person and who's tough to to really get back from it and and uh, be better for it. Yeah, it's great that you have that outlook on it because uh, ACL tear is no joke. It could have been, uh, it could have been the end of it for you if 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 you didn't have that mindset. So that's that's awesome. Um, so we try not to it cuss my, around. It here. was my second one as well. Yeah, man, that's that's rough. I I can only imagine. Um, we we try not to cuss around here and use four letter words, but I'm gonna drop one here. Reno, uh, we we got to talk about it here. Um, Hate hate to see Reno. It's it's a, it's a dirty word around here. Um, but we wish it could have been different. But things happen. It's a business. Um, you did solid solid work. Um, how can you tell us about the experience? How how was that? Um, it was it was interesting. That if if there is one word I can use to describe my experience there, it was very interesting. I mean, lived in a hotel for six months. Right, lived at the Harrah's. You know, uh, which sounds terrible at first. Trust me, I, I thought the same exact thing. But then after a while, you don't really think about it because uh, you're training. I came back to the hotel at like 2 p.m. And then I would go hang out with a couple other guys, you know, and, and do stuff. I'd be in Tahoe all the time just because I needed to get the hell out of Reno. Uh, biggest little city in the world. Biggest little crappy city in the world. I mean... I did not like the city at all. 
I and I, if anybody that's from Reno is listening to this, or all the fans of Reno, love you guys. Uh, my time there was great. The football was great. Everything, but I did not enjoy living there. I'll be, I'll flat out say that, right? Um, but the footballing side was good. I mean, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due, right? Uh, they've been in the league for four or five years, whatever it is, been top three, four in the West every single year, made the playoffs every single year, scored the most goals in the USL in the span of three years or something like that. I don't know, some weird stats that they have. Um, the footballing was great. The style of play and all that stuff, fantastic. I, I enjoyed that. Um, but living there and, and all of that, uh, it was interesting. You know, uh, just the team, I mean, the, the club folded, uh, which 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 sucks. Um, hate to see just because they were doing great things, but great things on the field, that is. Uh, but at the same time, it's, you know, it was an affiliate team where – at a certain point, it was, you know, as a player, you're there, you're training Monday through Friday, and you're working your ass off for a Saturday game. And then San Jose send three, four, five players, one of them being in your position, that have to play because that's the order from the head coach up there. So then you sit out or you're not even in the 18. And then that happens more often than you think. And then you're just kind of sitting there and saying, well, I'm not playing, which I want to be doing. I live in a freaking hotel, which I don't want to be doing. And like, you know, what what the hell? But to me, it was one of those things where whatever happened with, you know, me not coming back to the Republic after that 2018 season, uh, you know, a lot of things happened with my agent at the time, which is a whole other story that, you know, we could get into another time. But um, I wanted to be at the Republic. I if I could come back to the Republic right now and be there for, for the next one or two years until they go MLS, I'd love that. Cause if I'm realistically speaking, I've got, I want to play for another maybe two or three years max and then start my life after football. Right. Um, I've got a serious relationship with my girlfriend. Uh, I'm thinking of the next stages of my life with her engagement, marriage, kids, all that. And so, you know, football gets in the way of a lot of that. You know, there's a lot of people that have been able to do it with families and, and, you know, I commend them. I commend them for it and and respect them for it, but it's, it's tough, you know, moving from, from city to city, especially when you have little kids and stuff, it it, it takes a toll on you. And so um, I'd love to come back to the public and finish my career off there. Um, But going to Reno 2018 for me, I, I told myself at the time, you know, you have to take a step back in order to propel forward type thing or whatever that saying was. Um, you know, a lot of ways, it wasn't really a step back. A lot of ways, it was it was just a learning curve for me. It was, it was just, it, I had to go through that. I had to live that life for me to appreciate what I had at SAC or what I had in LA or what I had just in general, right? Um, and how good you do have it at certain places, even if you think you don't. And so, uh, yeah living arrangement weren't great. The city wasn't great. The football was great. And that's what I was there for. I was there to play. I was there to enjoy my, 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 my time playing. I met a lot of good people, uh, created a lot of memories. Um, I wasn't too far away from Sacramento as well, which is great because my girlfriend, um, you know, is from SAC and, and lived there at the time. And so worked, worked there. And so she came, she came out a lot. I came out, I came to Sacramento a lot. 
uh, Seth Casipoli, who's also from Sacramento, we carpooled together and, uh, you know, we became good friends, uh, went to Tahoe a lot, as I said. So there's a lot of positive that came out of it, a lot of learning, a lot of growing up as well. And uh, as much as I know, Republic fans hate that four letter word and, and that franchise and team. I know, I know you guys are going to miss it, miss, miss that rivalry and, and, and the Definitely. game. I, mean, I don't know if you guys went to that playoff game in 2018 uh, where the Republic won it three, one, I think it was. Um, but, you know, I think at that moment I realized that as much as that, as much as Reno is a good footballing squad. That city didn't really deserve that team. I mean, that was a home playoff game, but it seemed like an away playoff game. It was, it was, there were more Republic fans there and it, the Republic fans were way louder. It felt like a Republic home game compared to a freaking Reno home game. And for me, I didn't play that game. Um, but it was one of those things where I, I was sitting on the bench and I was just saying to myself, like, you know what? I'm glad I'm not playing in this game. Because, well, one, the result that happened, I could say, yeah, I wasn't playing, so I wasn't at fault. But two, it's like, it's embarrassing. You know, it was meant to be a home playoff game, and it wasn't. And so, uh, you know, sucks that they folded, but it is what it is. Yeah. No, we are definitely going to miss those uh, rivalry games. I, I always like to say we, we celebrated those goals like no other game. I mean, they just felt different, right? It's like you, you're yeah. able now to... <laughs> to like brag and and all that too but but yeah i know that game you talk about like we we weren't able to attend ourselves here at least me and michael here um but we've heard the stories too and and with the the former reno supporters group los unicos who is now with the sacramento republic to their situation and they added on to having more away fans too and so that that didn't help uh <laughs> reno at all too and and so yeah i mean there's a lot of issues there I mean, that situation was weird with the whole f fans being split into three different. It, I mean, it was just a mess. I, I didn't even know that. I always looked in the stands and I said, why the hell is there a cheering section there, there, and then, you know, in the outfield? I, I was I was like, what's going on? And so, uh, very unusual. Yeah, uh, unusual things that happened there. But, you know, it, it was for the best. I think that they didn't fall. And it was kind of coming already. But, yeah. Uh, so, uh, for uh, last question, uh, and then we'll let you go here too. I know we've we've been keeping you on for a while, so thank you. Um, I'm really curious, you know, after uh, your first time with the Republic, you get transferred to LA Galaxy to the senior team. Can you tell us more about how that transfer came about? And furthermore, you know, what was it like playing for them? Like, did you, I think Slatan was there in that year, right? Were you able to, to see him? Yeah, uh, how it came about, I mean... The year prior to that, uh, Kurt Anulfo, I think. I forgot what his actual name was. Uh, was the head coach there. He had been the uh, Galaxy 2 coach for a while. And I've obviously played against them and, and played well and all that stuff. And he was actually going to sign me the 2017 year. Um, but I had just come back from my ACL injury. And he wasn't sure what kind of player I would be, how I was going to be all these things. And he, obviously his job is on the line as well as everybody else's is. And he didn't want to take that risk. Right. Fair enough. I, you know, I'm not mad at that or, or anything, you know, I, I think that was probably for the best me not going there right then and there, you know, because that there, that year, 2017 LA galaxy was 
I mean, I think bottom of the table, right? <laughs> Michael's face. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, played well the 2017 year with the Republic. Um, you know, uh, after the year ended, uh, I was, I didn't have a team, right? Uh, I was obviously in talks with the Republic to resign and all this, but I got a phone, my agent got a phone call from, uh, Ziggy Schmidt. Um, and so my agent, you know, calls me and goes, Hey, um, can you make it down to LA tomorrow to start, you know, training with them for 10 days? This was in November to start training with them for 10 days. They want to take a look at you, potentially sign you because they don't have uh, you know, any right outside backs or they, they need center backs and stuff like that. And I said, I mean, yeah, why not? Right. So I got packed up my stuff, got my car, drove down there. Um, and so when I got down there, I obviously, <clears throat> I started, you know, training with, with, with the first team. They were still there just because MLS season was still going. And so, uh, those guys were still there playing some guys that, you know, were negotiating their contracts, weren't actually cold, this, that, but, uh, Gio was training, Jonah was training, you know, Alessandrini, all that. And so, I jumped right in and I was, you know, I was training with those guys playing 11 v 11 against galaxy two guys and their Academy guys that were still there and all that stuff. Uh, and Villian was actually there as well. I don't know if he's mentioned that to you guys, but he was my roommate, uh, at the hotel. Uh, I come into the room one day and he's freaking laying on the bed and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I'm here trying out. And I'm like, Oh, cool. What's up? <laughs> and so, uh, but no, but, uh, yeah, after the 10 days there, um, you know, Ziggy called me into his office, said, I, I really liked what I saw. I mean, I, I knew what I saw in the video uh, I liked, but it was good to see in person. Uh, I'd like to, you know, offer you a contract for you to be a Republic, for you to be a Galaxy player. And obviously, you know, I don't think anybody in their right mind would say no, right? So, I mean, I had the biggest smile on my face. I shook his hand, said, thank you so much. hundred uh, percent, yes. Uh, you know, went back home, they worked out the contract stuff, this and that, signed, became a Galaxy player. Obviously, I heard rumors Zlatan was going to be joining, signing, you know, on Twitter, all this crap, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I was like, no chance. Like, how that I'm going to be able, I'm going to be teammates with Zlatan. Like, no way, right? I get there. I mean, I was I was already excited to be with with Gio and Jonah and Alessandrini, you know, Legit, whose name has been thrown around and stuff. Uh, I was already excited to be in a squad. I mean, and the Galaxy, you know, Galaxy, most arguably the 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 best and most coveted uh, team in in U.S. soccer history. And so, uh, I was excited. You know, I got there to pre Ashley Cole. I can't, I can't forget to mention him. I mean, him and I got really close and he was super good guy. Great mentor. Uh, really, really nice guy. Will help the younger players out a lot. Literally. You would not think that he's played where he's played and he's won what he's won the way he acted and the way he was. Um, but Zlatan came in. I remember the first day I met him, I actually have a picture, uh, cause he had, uh, a photographer, not him personally, but, one of the galaxy photographers followed him around, I think 24 seven for the first like week and video and all that stuff. So I got a pretty cool photo of the first time I like shook his hand. Uh, but, uh, you guys know he, he does play for Sweden, but he's his background. He's actually half Bosnian and half Croatian. And so when I said hi to him, I said it in Serbian and it kind of caught him by surprise. So I shook his hand and I was like, 
I just said, Kakosi, Moime Emra, which means, how are you? My name is Emra. And he looked at me and he goes, in Serbian, he goes, oh, you're the, you're the guy, you're the Montenegrin they've been telling me about. And I was like, well, uh, what have they been saying? And so ever since then, it kind of, you know, we, we, we talked in, in, in Serbian. We, we, you know, communicated to one another, like, uh, in our language, uh, you know, we never really hung out outside of footy. He never hung out with anybody, you know? Uh, but he was a good guy, man. Uh, everything that he portrays himself to be or that he makes him out to himself out to be, a, that's not who he is. You know, he even says himself, he always goes, you know why I'm always talked about him in the tabloids or why I am the way I am? Uh, like, no. He's like, it's not because I'm arrogant. He goes, it's because of this. He goes, the more I'm talked about, the more I'm in the tabloids, the more my name comes out of people's mouths, the more people think about me, the more deals I get, the more people are want me to be around them or, or sponsored by them or whatever the case may be. He goes, I some things I say to reporters, he goes, are outrageous, I know. But he goes, it gives them something to talk about. It it puts me out there as well. Whether it whether it makes me seem like a smart like man, a hole. He goes, I've made my living through football, but I've also made my living through uh, marketing myself. And so, you know, he 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 would always throw things out there like, you know, who I am to certain players as a joke, you know. But he would always smile about it or karate kick you or you know pick you up by the by the freaking jersey and be like, hey. And then he would let go of you and start smiling. You know, it was just, he, he was a good guy, like genuinely a good guy, not cocky at all the way he, he, he makes himself out to be or any of that. Uh, but it was, it was crazy to be around him just, you know, uh, traveling with the team, uh, you know, being around him, uh, just seeing his mannerisms, the way he still, you know, feeds himself, the way he, he treats himself, uh, the way he, he goes about warming up and, and, and what he needs to do afterwards and this and that. I mean, he's a freak of nature just in general. He's just, he's an athletic person. I mean, he's six, five and just muscle right from head to toe. So, uh, I mean, he's, he's just abnormally gifted, um, naturally. And so in the gym, he never lifted weights. He would just do core workouts, uh, some mobility, flexibility type stuff. And that's that. Uh, he would always actually make fun of everybody, him and Ashley Cole, Ashley Cole, what a legend he would, after training on Tuesdays, we would have to go to the gym and work out, right. Uh, lift some weights and stuff just to upkeep, continue to, to maintain the strength and everybody would just be working out. And Ashley would be on the bike with, you know, a cup of coffee and a snooze in his lip, just drinking and on his phone reading stuff and responding to, you know, Drogba and, and all these other guys that he has on his phone. And he'd be like, there you go. Good boy. Good boy. And I'd be like, why aren't you working out? He goes, lad, I'm 36. He goes, do you think I need to be lifting as much weight as that guy to be able to pass the ball five yards? He goes, no. He goes, why? Because I know how to pass the ball five yards. He can't. <laughs> he just, you know, he would just be gassing. It was a younger player, and he would just be gassing him up, saying, "I don't need to lift weights." He's like, "I can play ball, right?" Uh, and so, um, it was good. It was good being around those guys. Good learning from those guys. Good being mentored by those guys, and just like I said, stories that I will have 
with me for the rest of my life and, and be able to share with, with people around coffee, around a drink or, or with my kids in the future. You realize anytime you, you got a call or you were on the bench or you were in the 18 for LA galaxy, you realize you have Sacramento eyes on you like crazy. I think I might've even snapped a picture of you on the television and maybe posted it and maybe possibly tagged you in it. I'm not hundred percent sure I might've done that, but we, we followed you. you yeah. Really. So real, real quick story about the his first game. Uh, Zlatan. I know. I know. We've been here for a while, and it's getting late. I know Michael's got some kids. He needs to put to sleep. <laughs> You're good, man. I can hear them. They're they're okay. playing. They're great. Um, but uh, so first game, LAFC is what he he literally came. He arrived three days before that, or two days before that. Didn't even know if he was going to suit up or anything. But they had to suit him up, right? They had to just for just for media purposes just for all of that el trafico right right worst freaking name of, of a rivalry game in the history of rivalry. <laughs> i didn't name it but yeah, i know it's but it is i mean it's terrible uh it's so terrible that it's actually pretty good but uh but anyway so i, I go out bajio Husidic, who's bosnian as well uh goes out and so everybody's already sitting in the bench and i was like one of the last people me and him so he sits down and I sit right next to him. He goes, what are you doing? Get away. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, sit on the one next to that one. Leave that one open. He goes, I was like, why? He goes, you know who's the last person to come out? I was like, who? He goes, I was like, Ibra? He goes, yeah, let him sit in between us. He's like, you know how much, you know how much uh, video t- or how much camera time we're going to get? And I was like, come on, dude. Are you serious? He goes, yes. So I like moved over one and left that one. Zlatan comes out and goes, looks at both of us and goes, really and we're like what and he goes i know what you guys did he goes you could have sat here but you did this on purpose and we just started laughing anyway the cameras were on zlatan but you could see both of us and i'm over here just like zlatan is looking back and i'm like what is he looking at let me let me take a look back there just like trying to be super nonchalant about it uh i'm looking at uh baju and i'm just like Hey, good idea, buddy. Well done. I got so many screenshots and so many pictures. Like, hey, man, look, it's you and Zlatan. Like, that's amazing. And I'm just like, yeah, he just decided to sit next to me and Baggio. No big deal. And they're like, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, I I enjoyed my time there. I uh, learned a lot, uh, gained a lot of experience, was able to, to get a taste of what MLS life is like. Uh, it was short-lived uh, due to many reasons, but uh you know you just you go through things and and sometimes they turn out good sometimes they don't but uh, as i said earlier that was that was a hell of a time and uh to be able to share the field with with this lockdown which was short-lived as well it was only 35 minutes until he got a red card against montreal um but it was great it was it was good man uh enjoyed my time with him uh you know, I could say, hey, I shared the same locker room with Zlatan. I, I, I shook his hand. We became teammates and friends. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that uh, I'll, I'll hold dearly to, to my heart and uh, those memories that, that, I've, uh, that I've created. Oh, sure. I got to go back and check out that game. I'm like, I've seen that game a couple of times, but I got to go back. Uh, just I mean, that game right was crazy. There. He comes in and scores two goals and f- for that comeback. I mean, you it, it honestly you couldn't have written it better right 
It, Nobody it, would have believed it. No, exactly. If you watch the movie, be like, how fake is that? Right. But yeah, it was wild. Yeah. I was in LA at the time, and we were watching the game on TV, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, how is this guy slats on, slats on, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. adding to the myth? Exactly, exactly. And, and, and things of that sort is what continue to feed into who he is and his ego and things of that sort because mm. he, he says all these things, outrageous or not. But he ends up delivering on it as well on the field. I mean, yeah. the other day he just scored two goals. He just came back from an injury, and he's thirty nine. So it's like, yeah. you know, taking outrageous <laughs> shots against England and tossing it in the back of the net. And you're right. like, I don't. Right. And I, mean, they, I, I failed geometry, but pretty sure that's not possible. <laughs> yeah, that's the, incredible. The, that guy's eternal. I don't know if he's ever going to retire, but hey. Keep keep on going, right? If he wants to be fifty and still playing and playing at that level, man, never I mean, retire. I mean, there's, a, there's a Japanese dude that's doing it. He's fifty three and he's playing professional oh, soccer. Wild! It's crazy. So he's in FIFA. <laughs> yeah, if, if you can, if you can, why not? Oh, I gotta check him out on FIFA. I didn't know that. All right. <laughs> Emra, it was so good to see you, and it, we're all so appreciative of the time you spent with us, and. So glad that you were able to like dive into all these situations. You you shared with us the exact thing that people want to know and they wanted to find out a little bit more about, you know, all these times and these stories behind the stories. This, I mean, I think you've been one of our most perfect interview candidates. I mean, this has been a fabulous time. Um, yeah, I love you. Your mom and I are Instagram buddies, so I can kind of keep caught up with your family and it's just it's just the sweetest thing you are you know your heart is so big and you're very protective of whomever has come into your life just like you said we're all your friends and and we wish you well and thank you so much for coming out on state of the republic podcast of course thank you guys for having me uh thank you Uh, appreciate it we've been live for what an hour and a half but it it (laughs) Fast. I mean, it was it was enjoyable. I, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate Thank it. you for having me, and uh, happy to help any way I can. Uh, like I said, Michael, I'll uh, reach out to some of the uh, the former Republic guys. Um, Definitely, we appreciate that. They, they got to yeah. be on here, and uh, maybe uh, I'll, I'll join for a uh, Jeopardy one of these days. Get you in on one of those. Yes, get that going as well. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're, you'll you'll nail it as long as your buzzer is good. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'll I'll buy one of those. Uh, Quick trigger finger. <laughs> I'll just have my finger on it. Just yeah. I'll uh, I'll have to hit you up on some of those Ashley Cole stories. That's 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 wild playing. I know you're a che- as a Chelsea supporter. That's that's got to be. Crazy. It was crazy. But, yeah, uh, I I didn't have my Chelsea jerseys at the time. I told them I'm yeah. gonna have my mom send it down, and I want you to sign it for me. And he said no. So uh, I'd have been uh, fangirling hard, even oh. even as a Liverpool supporter. Be like, oh my god, Ashley Cole. <laughs> No, it was uh, yeah. Well, uh, well, I'll I'll tell you some of the stories uh, offline about that. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, yeah. Th- thank you, Emra. And hey, if, if anyone from Sacramento uh, from the team is listening, I hope you know we're able to get you back because you know we could always use more defenders and especially experienced ones that you know really public no team. <laughs> no, I appreciate the I appreciate the uh, the marketing. Michael did it earlier. You're doing it now. You guys both just want five percent or what? <laughs> Whatever we can get. Whatever we can get. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate you guys. Honestly, uh, like I said, thank you for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure. It was fun. 
Sharon, thank you for tuning in as well. It was lovely to see you. Um, but like I said, happy to do this, guys. Happy to do it again and uh, happy to join the Trivia Jeopardy uh, podcast as well one of these times. Well, that was an amazing interview. Sharon, Michael, thanks to both of you for getting that coordinated. Amazing stories. We, we could have gone here for over two hours. Oh, yeah. We want to hear more stories. Though. So Emra, we'll probably hear more. This is Emra. Emra, I, I swear to there's never a five minute with Emra. It's <laughs> never five minutes. It's always going to be like this. Emra. It was great, though. I, I had so many questions. I was like, oh. I can't ask that. I got to stop. I got to stop. We're going so long. I've got to stop. It's like, this is so interesting. I want to know more. Oh, me too. Especially now that he said that, like he, <laughs> he got to play with Slatan and, you know, all the LA Galaxy players from that time, too. I mean, Giovanni, uh, uh, Jonathan, Dos Santos. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's and amazing. And Ziggy Schmidt I mean, before Ziggy died. Oh, I mean, I so Ziggy Schmidt. Before Ziggy, I was like, ah. All right, I'll cut out. Oh, yeah. We're already an hour and a half in. So before we uh, close it out, whatnot, just one more reminder to everyone. If you haven't followed us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at State Republic 12. Please give us a follow. You'll also be able to find out uh, when we do the next live show, which by the time this episode gets posted, we might already have a date. We're trying to close out that date just so... Everyone can put that uh, next date for Jeopardy Live on their calendar and set their in place. And so uh, be on the lookout for that. And also when we post new episodes, that's uh, another way to find out if you're not subscribed. But, but please subscribe too also. Um, also on Facebook, if you are a member of groups, we have a Facebook group called Sacramento Soccer Fans. Please send in a request to join we keep getting requests all the time, each day. It seems like I'm always seeing someone requesting to join. So thank you, everyone. That's really amazing. I'm really glad we're growing that community of soccer fans there. Uh, we are going to be posting more about anything going on in the community, soccer-wise in Sacramento, especially when the Republic comes back uh, in season. So you definitely want to be a part of that group so you're able to find out anything going on with the team there as well. Well, with that being said, uh, Michael, it was, I'm really glad to see you again. It's the first time I see you in 2021, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and happy so welcome back. Yeah. Uh, happy New Year to you, too. And Sharon, thank you again for uh, being on and, and as always for helping us uh, here with the questions, giving us some insights that we wouldn't know otherwise. And so thank you, because that, that really sparks an interesting conversation as, as we saw today. Yeah, much appreciated. Happy to help. Some thank you. Well, also thank you everyone for uh, tuning in, whether you're listening on the podcast or actually watching us here for almost two hours. <laughs> we thank you for uh, sticking through and, and as always for uh, all the support you give to us. We really appreciate it. And, you know, uh, please catch us in our next episode. Uh, we can't tell you quite yet who it'll be with but it's going to be another interesting interview as usual here on state of the republic podcast thank you everyone see you next time thank you have a good night have a great night <laughs>